This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I'm from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, it's going to get a lot less. We've got a ton, a ton, a ton of fun stuff ahead of us. We're going to talk about a, uh, a trip I took to another land, a land known as Reno. I did a whole bunch of fun stuff there. We're going to talk about a movie I absolutely loved, as well as Spider-Man. It is going to be an action-packed, information-packed, jam-packed, everything-packed all into one Super fun, super great episode. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's get busy with the show. Giddy up! Giddy up again! Giddy up! You are listening to the Toys R Us report. They don't know who we be. They looking, but they don't see. That is so true. That is so true. We are out there amongst you, amongst you regular people just blending in like we were like robots in disguise or, or better yet, Zartan. You look, you look right at us, but you don't know what you see. At any rate, we, we took a bit of a family trip to Reno. Reno is like, it's like Las Vegas Junior. It's like what I imagine Atlantic City to be like. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty cool, but... It's not the big time. It's not the Las Vegas den of sin. It is It is something else. If Las Vegas is cocaine, then I would say that Reno is meth. I think that that is a perfect example, but it's a lot of fun, and we do enjoy going there. We haven't gone to Reno in many moons. Reno is in Nevada. We are in California. It is maybe... Five hours, four hours if you truck it and don't stop at all. Four and a half hours. You know, if you if you make good time, it's not too far. It's an easy it's an easy day trip. So we decided let's head down there. Let's uh let's stay two nights. Let's let's have some fun. And it was me, the old wife, 2.0, and her gal pal all went down and we uh we had a good time. Like I was uh, getting started on a minute ago. We haven't been to Reno. In like a really long time, we went there for my birthday a few years back, and the town was really desolate. There just weren't a lot of people hanging out, there weren't a lot of dudes hanging and clanging, there was no hanging and banging, there was nothing at all like that. It was, it was a bit bummerish, you know, it kind of, kind of bummed me out, so... We hadn't been back in a while. I think that this was because just like the proliferation of Indian casinos and such all over the place, everyone has like a riverboat casino or something near them. So the idea of driving four and a half hours isn't really necessary, but you have to consider that Reno does offer more than just a casino. It's like, you know, it's a nice hotel spa. There's all sorts of fun stuff. It's it's a touristy kind of place and when we got there it had been such a long time that they have done like a complete overhaul of like the main strip everything was looking looking pretty nice looking pretty tight pretty clean and that was good and they were they were setting up like a festival right in front of the hotel where we were staying at and it turned out that this was like the Nevada State Chicken Wing Championship <laughs> weekend in Reno and I am recently getting into chicken wings. I've, I'm not the biggest chicken guy in the world. I'll eat it. It's not my favorite meat. I prefer pork. I prefer beef. It's just, it's not, it's not for me as much as it is other people. And as such, it took me a long time to get into chicken wings, but I have recently. And they're quite delectable. My favorite is like the lemon pepper ones, I think is what I have so far 
gotten the most enjoyment out, out of it. Uh, the wife does a pretty good chicken wing. She, um, she deep fries them and stuff. So they are crispy and not as oily. I don't know. She has a method. I might even, I just might be wrong altogether. She makes good wings is what I'm saying. So we, we have them every once in a while. Like if we're going to watch something, like I'm going to watch like WrestleMania or a wrestling show, we might, we might mack down on some wings and they, they had like this giant festival right in front of the hotel that was dedicated to chicken wings. And I'll get to that in a minute. We stayed at Circus Circus. We stayed there for a couple reasons. One of them was, you know, we was bringing the kid and the gal pal and that would give them like a bunch of arcades to hang out in when we were doing stuff. Also, also Circus Circus in Reno is connected to two other hotels. There is the Silver Legacy and the El Dorado, and they're all connected together in one gigantic building. I'm not even kidding. It's like five city blocks all the way across of like casinos, restaurants, stores. You could stay your whole trip and never even go outside. There's like numerous food courts and there's, you know, touristy stores, not like normal kind of stores. They don't have a toy store. I think there should be like a collectible toy store. I think that... You could get some marks that way. You know, when we were in Vegas, they had like an FAO Schwartz or something in the uh, in the hotel. And that was cool. I remember looking around there and they had a lot of high-end stuff. It was pretty cool. You might you might want to try the same thing, Reno. Just, just saying. But it's all fun there. And another reason was they have a uh, on-site dog kennel. It, it's only 10 bucks a night. You can bring your dogs and kennel them up there. When you, when you have your dogs, man, they are... They're quite a responsibility. You either got to take them with you on a trip or you got to find somebody to watch them. If you're going to find somebody to watch them, you got to find somebody you trust. You got to give them your keys. They got to be willing to come over like every single day and take care of your dogs and walk your dogs and stuff. Because without you being in the house, your dogs can go buck wild. I remember when we first got uh, Ursa, we left her here with my sister-in-law. She came and stayed and... And Ursa bugged out when we weren't here. She tore up a couch cushion, which is completely unheard of. So when we travel, we bring her with and we we wanted to go and have fun on this trip. So we picked a place that had a kennel. It was pretty cool. You can put them in there and then you uh, you can see from an overhead camera into their cage. You can see what they're doing all the time. We left that on at night. I got a little anxious being away from them. So having like the camera on the TV and being able to wake up and look at it was... It was reassuring and fun. We we had a good time at Circus Circus. They have like, you know, a big top gimmick. It's more for the families. It's as much for the families as a as a casino could be. They have a whole area they call the Midway where they have video games and circus games where you can win prizes. And they even have like circus acts when I would go there with my family back in the day. This has been like the casino we've been going to like the entirety of my existence here in California. They had a like a big orb, like a big giant orb with a uh, dude on a motorcycle in it. And he would like gain momentum and eventually be going like around in circles around the uh, the top. You know, he was completely upside down doing the whole the whole circle. That was, that was really cool. I remember that distinctly, the dude just like going around and then at points they would like take it up a notch and his assistant would be in the ball and he'd be like doing circles around them. It was, it was all fun. Nowadays they have like gymnastic acts and stuff. And one addition they've made that is cool is they have cameras on it that show it on monitors all around the, uh, the food court and the casino so you don't have to like gather around but back in the day part of the fun was the gathering around and like you know seeing it up tight and in person but it's all good man technology like always marches us forward we hit the midway one night and we won a bunch of plushies the wife got a couple in a claw machine the claw machines are they're pretty easy there i've noticed i i felt like they were actually grabbing like almost every time and sometimes you know you just you just weren't getting it but people were walking around with bags and bags of prizes from the uh from the claw machines and the different games they had pokemon this time which was kind of cool she she got a pikachu and uh 2.0 got like a charizard and some kind of turtle thing it wasn't a squirtle or war turtle i don't know what it was it was kind of like a green turtle on the ground and it had like a leaf coming out of its back i don't know was that like a chikorita I have no idea. She got that, and then uh, the gal pal won, like, a Donkey Kong, and 
they got like a Luigi, which was was cool. Most of the booths had like video game related characters as the as the desirable prizes, and they also had claw machines full of fidget spinners. These things were like everywhere. Every claw machine was just like piled with uh, fidget spinners, and it seemed like a lot of dudes were winning them. They would they'd get pretty pumped up for a while. We had to. Uh, stand and wait for 2.0 to do something and we were over by the the claw machine corner and dudes were hitting left and right with these stupid fidget spinners and every single time they would be like jack to the gills jumping up and down whenever they would win one of these things these uh these gimmicks are hot right now they're they're sizzling hot they're on fire i don't i don't know what the deal is man i've i've spun one once or twice but it doesn't seem like seem like anything when when i fidget i tend to fidget with like a uh like a ponytail holder. I wear them on my wrist sometimes, a uh, pony holder, and I'll kind of play with them in my fingers. That's like a fidget that I have. We ventured out into into the greater Reno area just to see what the what the town had to offer. We stopped at the at the Toys R Us, but I'll talk about that in the in the final segment of the show. It wasn't really like all that different than my Toys R Us, so don't, you know, don't get all excited like you're gonna hear that I, I found some hot toys or something. It was nothing all cool like that. We went to a mall. The the gals wanted to go to a mall and get get boba tea. The babies wanted to get their bobos. They they drink boba tea, bubble tea, like all the time. That's their thing. They're like babies with their bobos. Just uh sucking on these straws all day long. But they wanted to get one of those, so we went over there and there were a lot of cool stores. There was a store that was like all games, like board games and role-playing games. They also had like video games. And in the back of the room, they had like five or six or seven, like they were new versions of like old cabinets, arcade cabinets. They had Space Invaders and they had Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, but they weren't like the original ones. They were repros, but still, it's all fun, man. It's all good. I know I've said it's all fun like three times, but I'm talking about vacation, man. It was all fun. What am I going to do? We we played that for a bit. I played Space Invaders. I haven't played a Space Invaders cabinet in the longest time where you have the the left and right buttons to move back and forth as opposed to a uh, as a joystick. I bet this is something like Vic Sage and all those dudes who have, have access to Arcadia. They probably get to do it anytime they want, but... We do not have a cool retrocade in my town, and that is something that I lament, but the rents here are so crazy high. Check it out. We we were there, and we're just like, this store is so big. I cannot believe how big it is in comparison to some of the stores in our mall. At what time the wife, she worked in the downtown mall, and the store was... 3,000 square feet, and she knows that they paid 60,000 rent per month to the mall, which is, which is insane, and while we were in, while we were in the Reno mall, we had a bit of time to sit, and we were talking about how there were all these, like, mom and pop stores in the mall, where our mall is all just, you know, big chain stores and stuff, which is fine, it's kind of what I expect at the mall, but there were a lot of fun, fun stores, there was, like, a game store, a toy store, just all kinds of cool stores that people can afford to keep open, so we saw, like, a, uh, an opening, like, a store that was, you know, available to be leased, and had a number with a recorded message, so we called, and we found out that in Reno, you are paying roughly, like, two dollars per square feet compared to, like, the, I don't what was it, like, 23 dollars per square foot in our mall. It's insane. The Reno Mall was so much cooler because... People can actually afford to open a store that they have, like, passion about. Everything's not, like, the new uh, Forever 21 knockoff, you know, or, or whatever. It's not important. I don't want to talk about mall politics, but when you uh, when you get outside California, it's crazy when you find out how expensive, inexpensive, rather, rent is. It's just, it's bananas here. It's, it's insane. But you don't want to hear about that. We also went to the dig in Reno. That was... That was kind of fun. It was nothing at all like our dig. It was within like five minutes of the uh, Toys R Us. That's the only reason we really stopped. I didn't want to want to dig it up. It was kind of small. They only had like one row of 
of uh, wares and one row of clothes, but they did have like one giant bin of books. And I found a uh, found a vintage Bachman books, the uh, Stephen King early novels. They they collect all four of the early Bachman books into one thing, and they call it the Bachman books. It's like Rage, Roadwork, The Long Walk, and also uh, The Running Man. Rage has been pulled out of print. Stephen King has asked that one to be pulled out of print because it is, it's about a school shooting. So these copies are kind of hard to come by, the ones that have have Rage in it. If you ever find like an original Rage paperback, that's uh, that's like a $500 book. So keep your, keep your eye open for that. I've wanted one like my entire life. I'm a Stephen King collector to a degree. I try to get first prints of his novels whenever I can see him at like bookstores or thrift stores. I got a pretty fair collection and I don't have any of the original Bachman paperbacks. And I, I do want those. If you ever see them, you know, just keep your eyes out. They, they have some value to them. And we also, we went to a video store. I decided to do a search on that when we were there. I searched Reno and Sparks. Sparks is the little town next to it. It is the Ronard Park to my Santa Rosa. And I found one called the Video King. We, Headed over there after the dig, and the girls are like, you take us to the sketchiest places whenever we go somewhere. Everywhere we go, you take us to the bad side of town, and you go to thrift stores and video stores. And I'm just like, what can I say? Everything I like is on the bad side of town. It's just just the way that I roll, and you're, you're going to be tougher for it. And plus, it's not that bad. It's not like it's dangerous. It's just, you know, weirdos walking around. And you got you to learn how to deal with weirdos and life scales. It's just a... Uh, one of those things we all have to know. So we hit up the the video king. When we went in, the guy had his jacket and his bag and he was getting ready to leave. And he's like, oh, I was just close it up. And I'm like, oh, it's all good. He's like, no, man, come on in. And that assured that I had to buy something. When I go and I check out video stores in other towns, I always make sure to make sure to buy something because you can't treat this place like it's a museum. You know, you can't go in there, like take a bunch of pictures and get a blog post out of it and then just walk out like, whatever so i at least buy like a previously viewed dvd if they have uh sodas or whatever i'll get a soda and a candy bar too i i try to get as much as i reasonably can and the fact that he was leaving sort of assured that i was going to get something but the store was it was really small it was uh not that many rows maybe like five or six rows and it wasn't a rental store despite the fact that it said rental store on the front he said that he said that he was renting, but not enough people returned. So he kind of gave it up, and now he just sells. There were mostly just, like, older stock DVDs, things like Blade, things like things like The Bridges of Madison County, Cocoon, boring stuff like that. He had a, uh, had a fairly large adult room in the back. I wasn't able to go and venture into there because, you know, I was with the family, but I saw it, and when they weren't looking, I sort of peeked my head in there, and it was maybe, like, half the size of the rest of the store. The dude himself was really friendly. He was a nice guy. He didn't mind me taking pictures. He did his best to, like, show us what was available in the store. Really cool, really polite guy. He said that if there were any, like, hard-to-find titles that I was into that I, you know, should contact him, and I wish there was, but there isn't really anything that I'm super-duper searching for. Maybe, like... Home recorded videos with the commercial still in. I should ask him if he has any of those. But the Video King was cool. We bought uh, we bought Juno. I really like that movie, and we don't have it on disc. It's the the one where Ellen Page gets pregnant by Michael Sarah. It's written by Diablo Cody. I like it a lot. I like Ellen Page. She is she's one of my favorite actresses. I think that one of the one of the downsides of the X Men series was they just did not get enough out of her. When she was Kitty Pride, because she's an excellent actress. She really plays small and spunky well. And I would not have minded seeing a bigger role for Ellen Page and Kitty Pride in the X-Men movies. But be that as it may, we bought Juno. We had fun at the uh, at the Video King. I got a bunch of pictures. Check icrobots.com. Those should be up there any day now. I also got some uh, good pictures of a family video from my uh, good homeboy, Eric Purcell. He uh, sent them to me on Facebook. And it's a store in his town. We don't have a family video. And man, I wish that we did. It's like a blockbuster. It's big, big and corporate looking. And I would just love to have one of those. But we don't. But he has. And he was nice enough to go and send pictures. If you have a video store in your town or in your area, please send me pictures. Just go over there, snap some pictures, and send them to me so that I can document the remaining video stores out there in the world on the internet before before time and whatever just you know eventually takes its toll then 
we got back to the uh, hotel and it was Wingfest. We hit up Wingfest. The gals didn't want to come. There was a sushi joint in the hotel and they had sushi like every single meal that we were there, which is cool. I dig it. They have fun. It's healthy. They they like to order dragon rolls and Shirley Temples, which which is cool, man. It's cute. I don't know. They did that. And we went out to Wingfest and Wingfest was so dope. It was great. There was a band some super trashy rock band just rocking out super hard playing like George Thorogood classics and stuff and there were like wings galore the way it worked was you could either buy like a whole one day pass for 65 bucks and you could you could eat wings till your head fell off or you could do what we did and buy it like by the wing every place had three wings for four bucks we ended up trying like four separate wings and the one that I liked the best was these, like, Hawaiian garlic wings. There was, like, this whole uh, Hawaiian wing stand, and they had, like, garlic chicken flavor. And they tasted like the garlic chicken one gets when you go to, like, you know, your favorite Chinese restaurant, but in the form of a chicken wing. It was delicious. They wanted to get everybody to vote, so we we voted for them as the favorite. But we macked a bunch of wings, and we had a super fun time. Then we went back to the casino and we had a couple daiquiris and we played some quarter, some quarter video poker. That's, that's my jam. I like video poker a lot. The kind where you uh, have to get at least a pair of jacks to win. That's my deal. I play it. I do all right. I usually come out ahead. I didn't this time. I lost all my money, but I didn't bet much. Maybe, maybe $40 the whole time. I'm just, I'm just not into giving my money to gambling machines, but I, did do it just for the sake of having fun. I also went to the most methed out McDonald's in history. There was a McDonald's directly across the street from the hotel, and it was so methed out. These people ran in there yelling. They had to throw somebody out because they started lighting up cigarettes in the store. Our table was crooked to the point where we had to hold on to our drink or it would have slid off the edge, but it was the only table available that wasn't, like, full of uh, meth heads. I don't know. What are you going to do, man? It's just just the way it is, and I hope that you can forgive my salty use of the word meth head. It's just, when you're in Reno, you see a lot of dudes who have problems with meth, and it's sad. I'm not making fun. I'm just stating a fact. I don't, don't make fun of people with abuse problems. That's that's a sad road to have to hoe, but hoe what you must, and you must find the strength to come back and join the rest of us. So, this is me. I'm going to sign off this segment. We're going to, uh, this is probably the longest opening segment in the history of the show. Somebody somebody research that and hit me up on Twitter at IC Robots. We're going to move into At The Movies, where the first movie we're going to take a look at is a movie that I am in love with. From the bottom of my heart right now, it's a movie known as Baby Driver. Peace. In a moment, At The Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper... But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Let's go! He has a hum in the drum. Plays music to drown it out. And that's what makes him the best. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y-B. We are being descended upon by this entire city. So, I went to see Baby Driver on the Monday after we came back from the uh, big the big Reno trip. And then I went to see Baby Driver again on the Tuesday. And if, uh, you know, if it wasn't so hot outside, I might go see it again today. That's how good I thought this was now. This is a widely enjoyed movie. Everyone seems to have a uh, positive take on Baby Driver, and that is because it is so darn entertaining, but that's not to say the movie is not without, not without flaws, nothing is perfect, but this is a super duper enjoyable, super entertaining movie. It just starts, and it goes, and it keeps going, and then it's over, and when it's over, you are, you're left in a state of, wow man, what the heck was that? That was great, and Dude, I cannot recommend this movie high enough. It is the latest from Edgar Wright, who you might know 
from like Hot Fuzz and from Shaun of the Dead and from the the fantastic Scott Pilgrim. I love that movie. I think that that one is so dope and so so close to what the actual uh, comic book was, the Scott Pilgrim comic book. This might be this might be the best adaptation, the exact literal adaptation of a comic book movie of all the times I. I'm talking about uh, Scott Pilgrim, not Baby Driver. Baby Driver is a, it's a car chase movie and it has some amazing car chase scenes. And let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. The story is that of uh, Baby, who is a driver for a criminal operative known as Doc. And he isn't necessarily a bad guy. He is, he's trapped in the life because at one time he, he was boosting cars, and he boosted one of Doc's cars, and the car happened to be full of dope, and the dope wound up lost, and Doc was like, look, I could kill you, I'm a crook, I'm a criminal, I do that kind of thing, but instead I'm going to offer you the chance to be the driver for my operation. I saw I saw some of those moves you had there, and Baby has no choice, but he has, he has just about fulfilled his debt to Doc. This is the, uh, the last mission, the old... The trope of one more job, and the movie borrows a lot from a lot of other movies, and after a while, I kind of discovered that is, that's the theme, but we'll talk about that in a second. Baby is an amazing driver. Doc is a very smart criminal mastermind. He's played by Kevin Spacey, and then there are, there are other dudes in the posse as well. John Hampley's buddy, I don't know the name of the actress who played Darling, his wife. And then you got Jamie Foxx as Bats. And John Barathol is in it. I don't I don't remember the John Barathol character name, but he's in it too brief of a time. John Barathol is like, he's like a national treasure. This dude is, he's killing it every time out. He killed it as uh, Shane on Walking Dead. He killed it as Punisher. He killed it in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Dude was fantastic in that, and he is also super fantastic for the for the brief time he's in it. The the real star of the movie, though, is well, there's a couple things that might be competing for stars. We'll we'll hit those in order. The star of the movie is the car scenes. The car chases are so they are so rad, and they're all, as far as I understand it, I wasn't there on the set, but from what I understand it, they're all done. In real life, you know, in real practical effects, there's no, like, CGI green screen, which you see in a lot of other car chase movies, like, Fast and Furious has some good car stuff, but so much of it is cartoony, but this, this is all real cars, and you can, you can really, like, feel the momentum, you know that feeling when you're watching a, like, a really dope car chase scene, and the, the driver, you know, makes a harsh turn, and you kind of feel yourself, like, turning in your seat with the momentum, it's like that, but... The way dudes drive nowadays with the the emergency brake and the drifting and all that stuff, the momentum goes one way and then it goes back the other way. It's just the things that Baby's doing in the movie Defy Physics. Well, the stunt drivers, you know, are doing just Defy Physics, which is impossible, I realize. It's just me trying to explain it the best way that I can. There are just so many awesome, terrific scenes. The dialogue is quick and pithy, uh... The second star of the movie is the soundtrack. The movie is very soundtrack-driven, and right off the bat, they start hitting a lot of scenes as if they are in, like, they're in a musical. Like, you'll see Baby walking and, like, hitting musical beats. You know, he's, like, hitting the beats as he's going along, and a lot of the, a lot of the car chase scenes, you'll feel the guys, like, the driving is going just perfectly in sync with the tempo of the music. It's, uh... Something that they do that I think is interesting with the soundtrack is they they picked a lot of songs that were sampled in very famous hip-hop songs. There's some, like, De La Soul songs and other songs, and they they start off with the song, and you don't know if it's going to be the original version or the rap song version, and... For the most part, they go into the into the original version of the song, except for one time during the climax of the movie, they hit the the Young MC song, and it's just it's just so neat. And it kind of goes in with the idea that the movie is it's sort of sampled from a lot of different movies of different genres. You got like a heist movie, you got like the car chase movie, and a lot of the scenes are. Not so much like boosted from other films, but they're things that you've seen 
in other films, much like the way that, like, a really good rap song, like a well-produced, like a public enemy song by the Bomb Squad or something, how it takes, like, all these elements from all these different things and they put it together, but they come out with something new and something beautiful, like, in its own right. That's kind of what Baby Driver is. It's sort of like a, like a sampled rap song. It... It sounds like something you've heard before, so that's all the more reason to get on the dance floor. That's uh, that's some wisdom from Daddio, from his uh, hit song Brooklyn Bounce. Daddio uh, was, he was in Sonic, but he briefly went solo. And that song Brooklyn Bounce is one of my favorites. And the uh, the movie's a lot like that. It's very similar in a lot of ways, but the similarities to other things make familiarity, and that familiarity brings comfort. But at the same time. You're seeing like an all new version of something that you already enjoy. So it's, it's super great. I liked just about everything in this movie. It did. The first time I saw it, it kind of caught me off guard the way that, the way that it had like this musical theater element to it. It really caught me off guard and it took me a few minutes to get into it. But the second baby gets behind the wheel, man, you will be into it. I would recommend going to see this movie on the big screen. It has big music. Great sound editing, great car racing, and I do think that it's best enjoyed in the big screen format. But look, it's going to be just as fun when it comes home. I'm going to grab it on disc, which I hardly ever do, but I I want to see it again already. There's just so many good parts. John Hamm as Buddy is really great. Kevin Spacey is fantastic in this. Jamie Foxx's Bats is awesome. Everybody comes through. The movie is... It's almost a five-mic movie, but I am hesitant to give a movie five mics in real time. Now, I believe the five mics comes over time, but Empire Film Magazine, which I highly respect, has given this movie five mics. So it wouldn't be completely out of line to do that, but I just I just don't know what the future holds. So I'm going to I'm gonna give it as good as you can get without being five, and that is four point five mics. 4.5 miles. Are we super sweet? Yep. Done for me. On July 7th. Peter, you have 576 no shoot accommodations. Oh, that's awesome. Suit up. Activate reconnaissance drone. Oh, web wings. Woo! Super jump. Oh. And save the day. Spider-Man Homecoming. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Ready PG-13. The uh, second movie I saw during this period of time was a movie that is known as Spider-Man Homecoming. It is the the latest offering from Marvel movies. And I would imagine that by this time that most of you guys have already seen this. And I would imagine that most of you guys have liked this. It is... A very fun, very enjoyable, very neat movie. They they do a lot of things right in this one that they haven't done in previous Spider-Man movies. The main thing is they take good old Spidey and they put him back in high school. They make him a kid. That's where that's where Spidey's best adventures happen. I am not like the biggest Spider-Man dude in the world. I don't think that I have ever like subscribed to a Spider-Man comic. I've read like, plenty of them, but he's never been, like, my main dude, but I do understand that he is one of, if not the biggest of all the Marvel dudes, and he's had a successful movie franchise two times over now, and this is the latest reboot, the way that this one differs from the other ones, except for, you know, the high school stuff that we just mentioned, is that this one is actually in the, uh, general Marvel Universe continuity, the other ones were over in their own little Spider-Man verse, but this one is in the in the normal universe, and you get a lot of mentions of, you know, previous Spider-Man adventures with fights with Captain America, you see Tony Starks. It's it's all good, man. Spider-Man is finally back where he belongs, and I I for one am happy to see it. I I thought this movie was pretty good, man. I enjoyed it a lot more than I do a lot of the other Marvel movies, I put it up in the, up in the upper tiers, you know, with the Captain America Winter Soldiers, and it's not quite like that, but I put it up there more than I do down with, like, 
the Thor movies or with like Doctor Strange or the ones that are just sort of average. The movie stars Tom Holland, who I just saw in The Lost City of Z. It also has Marissa Tomei, Robert Downey Jr., and a bunch of a uh, bunch of other cool folks, a bunch of teenagers and such. What's really great about the movie is watching Spider-Man struggle with like his with like his high school life, like trying to juggle being being a superhero and being a kid and at the same time he he's like he's left in like this loveless relationship with with Tony Stark. If you remember back in Civil War, uh Captain America Civil War, Tony Stark called in Spider-Man as a surprised a surprised fighter on his side, and when you when you join Spider-Man in this movie, it takes off from there. And the whole time he's waiting for Tony Stark to call him again. He's waiting for his for his big Avenger call-up that that never comes. And day in and day out, he just he waits and he calls Tony and he waits and he calls Happy, who is uh, played by John Favreau, and. When you combine this with just like the day-to-dayness of being in high school, and we all remember what that was like, you you get a really good movie and a really interesting superhero in that he is he is more man than he is super. If uh, if that makes sense, his humanity is what has always made has always made Spider-Man such a great hero. And in this one, you really 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 feel his humanity. You feel just him struggling with the foibles of youth. The movie is presently at 93% over on good old Rotten Tomatoes. The movie took in took in 117 million opening weekend, which is which is pretty darn good. I I know there'll be a sequel, and then I know there'll be a sequel as long as they could, uh, as long as they can keep Tom Holland looking 15. I think Bro is like, I think he's like 22 years old, but he, he can, like, really pull off being 15. He's not looking like, he's not looking like Tobey Maguire or anything. He's kind of, a uh, kind of on the slight side, and he has, like, this boyish enthusiasm that, uh, that works really well with the character. The main villain in this is played by the by the national treasure known as Michael Keaton. He is the Vulture. In this, the Vulture is... He is like manufacturing weapons out of alien tech and out of uh, Ultron tech and stuff that he sells to... That he sells to various criminals. At one time, he was... One time, he was like a construction magnet. And he had a bad run-in with like some S.H.I.E.L.D. dudes, some government operatives. And that uh, that twisted him to the dark side. But he's sort of the kind of villain that... He's only on the dark side because he has to be. But when you do see villains like that, you realize, you know, there's always alternatives to becoming a uh, to becoming a weapons uh, dealer. You could just try to get another construction job. You can do whatever you want. But in his mind, the only thing that he can do to keep food on his plate is to continue breaking the law. So he does. He runs into Spider-Man. There's a fight. And, you know, things go where they go. The movie is good. And I did enjoy it. But... It is just another in a long line of Marvel movies. They all have they all have this formula, and I realized like all movies to a degree have a formula, but you get like character intro, and then some stuff happens, and then you build to the big fight at the end, and it's all good. But I would like to see them try to break new ground. I don't know what this I don't know what this new ground is, but. When I read comics, I see, like, a million different stories. They're not all exactly the same. There are some, there are some things you can do that are a bit different. And I, I put it up to you, Marvel movies. I know you're listening to this. I put it up to you. Let's, uh, let's try to break away from our formula a little bit. This, this thing you got going is good and everybody likes it. And I myself like it, but I, I think that you can be, I think that you can be better than this. Back in the late 80s, 90s, people started calling for comic books to be better than they were. There started this whole movement where people were like, look, dude, it's just a drawing in words. You can draw anything and you can write anything. A comic can be anything you want. It doesn't have to be these guys in tights. It can be anything. And I think that, I think that we're getting to that point in comic book movies where they can be many different things. They don't always have to be this one, two, third act fight. And I think it's time. I think that we're getting to the point where everybody's seen so many of these that you could throw us a curve, throw us something different, and we would all enjoy it. But 
This isn't that, but that's not to say it's not good because it's well acted. It is a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughs. There's a lot of good dialogue. There's a lot of a lot of cool things in here. You're definitely going to enjoy this one if you are a fan of Spider-Man, if you're a fan of Marvel movies. It's it's all good, man. I am going to go ahead, and I think that on the good old Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm going to put it where I'm going to put it where I put a lot of Marvel movies. Three point five mics. 3.5 mics. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show, the last the last and final bit before we head up on out of here. Let's see. Oh, I I promised I would talk about the uh, Toys R Us in Reno. There's not, unfortunately, there's not a lot to say. They had pretty much the same basic things they have here at my local TRU. One thing that was weird, though, the, uh, the store was laid out in, like, an opposite order. On one side of my store, you know, you have the boys' toys, and the other side, you have the girls' toys. I realize that's not PC or whatever, but, uh... At the Reno store, everything was reversed. At my store, you come in and you are on the uh, you are on the side of the dolls. At this store, the entrance is on the side of the action figures. Not a big deal, but still a bit weird and disconcerting. There were Mad Balls. We don't have Mad Balls at my Toys R Us. I understand that they are pretty much out there and the dudes are finding them everywhere but as of now we still do not have them at my store. I don't know if that's either good or bad. My my younger bro was into Mad Balls a lot. He he had quite a few and I never got into them. I guess I think that they are cool and every once in a while when we were going to go play baseball outside we would end up having to use one of his uh his Mad Balls. Generally we used what was called a rag ball. It was the same size as a baseball, but it was made out of, like, densely packed fabric as opposed to, like, you know, hard leather baseball. And you could whack them pretty far and throw them pretty hard, but they didn't have, like, the range of a baseball. So they they were good for when you were playing on a smaller field. And if uh, we didn't have the rag ball, we would sometimes grab a mad ball. And mad balls were wacky to play baseball with because the uh, odd shape of the surface would cause the ball to fly off in just whatever random direction that, you know, the physics dictated. So that was always fun. And I think that's a reason there is, like, value to old mad balls nowadays is that people would play baseball with them. They were balls, and very few of them survived to to today in good shape. I like that the new mad balls are, like, pretty close to the original mad balls. I, I like that because... I don't know, man. It's just, uh, when they, when they remake a toy, like when they remade the G.I. Joe, like the, the 25th anniversary G.I. Joes, I wish that they would have just been pretty close to exact replicas of the original instead of like these long, spindly, weird looking action figures that we got, but that's not important. They also had some, some different mini mates than we have at my Toys R Us there in Reno. They had a new set of X-Men ones that, that looked pretty cool, and they had a, uh, they had a Jessica Jones set that we don't have that had uh, Patsy Walker in it. I I considered getting that, but in the end, I got nothing. What I did get, though, was a uh, a comment from uh, Ferg Ferguson, who you might know from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. When when I checked in on Facebook that I was at Toys R Us, he, he exclaimed, Oh my gosh, no, or something to that effect. Like, why would you be going to a Toys R Us when you're on vacation? And... You know, I don't know. That is a good question. But everywhere we do go, I always check and see if there is a Toys R Us. I have this I have this weird goal of just going to as many of them as I can. And 
I don't know what that's about. I just, uh, I like them. You know, I like to check them out. I am getting, like, super mucusy, and I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it's not cool. It's yucky, but this has nothing to do with Toys R Us, and I apologize for taking, like, that, uh, mucus detour. Oh, dig this. Do you guys know, uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine? It's like... This old, venerated magazine that has recently been brought back, they they cover, you know, monsters. It's right there in the title, and it's been a while since we've seen famous monsters on the newsstand, but recently, the, uh, and when I say recently, I mean within the past few years, the, the rights to the magazine were purchased by a guy who lives here in Santa Rosa, and he has... He's relaunched the magazine, and he's put together, like, a series of film conventions and horror conventions, and his, uh, his latest offering was a, is a television show called Famous Monsters of Filmland, and it appears on one of our local San Francisco stations, Coffee TV 20. This is the, this is the same station that, uh, airs the Creature Feature show that I talked about a few weeks back, and they are using Famous Monsters of Filmland as a lead into Creature Features. This is, this is Saturday night, and it's become one of, like, maybe my favorite night of TV. I've only seen two episodes of Famous Monsters, and I do kind of think that it is an infomercial, because it airs without commercials. There are commercials for different Famous Monsters of Filmland conventions, but there aren't typical TV station advertisers, which leads me to believe that they may be, like, purchasing the time, but it's all good. The, um, the last episode that I saw had a, like, area dedicated to Friday the 13th video games, and they were talking to some of the Friday the 13th actors and creators, and they all tied it together with, uh, Friday the 13th toys and statues, so... I don't know, man. It's a good, good half hour of television that I hope that they expand uh, nationally with. If I, if I hear anything about like a rollout to this to other stations, or even if it becomes available on the internet, uh, I'll put that on the Facebook page so you can check that out. That's facebook.com backslash icrobots, or you can also like check me out on Twitter. That's at icrobots on Instagram. That's at icrobots as well. What else is going on? There is. There is going to be a, uh, New Warriors TV show on Freeform. Freeform is what used to be ABC Family. I think ABC Family is a better title, but what are you going to do? At any rate, they have, they have gone ahead and cast a, an actress as Squirrel Girl, Doreen Green, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. I think that she is going to be... I think she's going to end up being, like, the lead main character of the show. Squirrel Girl is... She's pretty popular nowadays on kind of a cult level. And the actress that they've uh, cast to play her is also pretty successful on a uh, cult-type level. Her name is, I believe it's pronounced, Milana Vaintrube. You might know her from those AT&T commercials about the, like, really enthusiastic girl who worked at the uh, AT&T store. She has... Like long brown hair. I think she's also in This Is Us, but I'm not I'm not certain about that. I did like those AT&T commercials. I thought they were I thought they were pretty fun and they did kind of put me in the position to where like I wanted to see more of this girl, but I didn't really like know that much of her. And then she popped up on This Is Us, which is one of the one of the old wife's favorite shows, and I'm like, oh, maybe she's like, you know, like a fuddy duddy artsy fartsy type actress. But then then she gets cast as uh, Doreen Green, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So there you have it. That could that could be a ton of fun, and I'm actually like looking forward to that quite a bit now. When in the first place, I wasn't I wasn't like all that sure that I was going to watch. I knew that I would check it out a little bit, but I wasn't sure how far that I would how far I'd stick with it. But at least now there's like a lead that I I can get behind. So what else is popping off in the world that is of note in the in the world of Archie? It was announced that Jughead The Hunger is going to continue on as an ongoing series starting in October. This is this is the latest in the Archie horror universe. In this one, Jughead is a werewolf and Betty comes from a long line of werewolf hunters who has been like infiltrating Riverdale waiting for Jughead to turn because the family Jones, Jughead's relatives, are all basically like... Uh, werewolves and the coopers all hunt werewolves and she's just 
just been waiting for the moment and then things finally pop off and the adventures go from there. This started off as a one shot and I guess that I guess that the reception was good enough that people decided to keep it as an ongoing. So there you have it. I'm looking forward to that. Another another Archie title to add to my list. I already get Archie, Betty and Veronica, which never comes out, and then I get Jughead and I get gonna get this now. So I get oh, I also get Reggie. I haven't seen Reggie in a few months. I don't know. The the publishing schedule for these is kind of all over the place. They don't come out with the with the sort of regularity that I would like. But what are you going to do? You know, it's not like I can go over there and make people draw faster. It just, it is what it is. Enjoy it when they come out, I guess. But you do, you do lo- lose momentum when these things don't come out with the kind of regularity that you would, uh, you would enjoy. Hey, check out the Icy Robots radio feed. There is... A new fun show that I've been doing with my good pal Kevin Zerb from Zerbinator Land. It's called The Pretentious Podcast. We already got one. We're going to record another one in a day. I think it is a day from now. So we're going to do that. And basically, it's just us getting together and gabbing. It's a, a rare opportunity to hear me working with somebody else. I just I just don't do that. But I find Kevin Zerb so delightful that it's... It's a lot of fun. You can get that one here on the Icy Robots radio feed, as well as Geekfest Rants. They have been, they've been coming up with a lot of good shows lately. I liked, I liked this one I just heard the other day where he talked about Baby Driver and Battlestar Galactica toys in the same episode. That was, that was so great. I love those old Battlestar Galactica toys. I don't have that many of them, but the ones I do have, I think, I think are really great. And I would, I would like to get more, but. That's neither here nor there, and Mr. Sensational Gino Vega came out with a really good episode the other day where he was talking about MMA VHS tapes, and that was like two things that I love, MMA and also VHS tapes. Tons of fun there. So check that one out. That's on the IC Robots radio feed. That's available on Stitcher. That's on iTunes. You can go to you can go to icrobots.com, I-S-E-E robots.com. I've been trying to do some more uh, some more writing, so... Keep checking in over there because I've been doing semi-regular blog posts about stuff. I wrote about some G.I. Joe figures. I wrote about a, uh, like an E.T. beer sign I found the other day. Just all sorts of fun stuff available on icrobots.com through IC Robots Radio. We are, we are the best. What are you going to do? Either like it or don't like it, but learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. And with that, I am, I'm going to get on up out of here and... My phone is ringing. I can see my phone ringing right now. So I am going to have to answer that. You should keep it in the other room, but it's actually ringing right now. So I'm going to get it and uh, I'm going to sign off. This is me, Icy Robots. If you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.